welcome to Shit Happens Now What? This is the podcast where we talk about what life throws at you and how to deal with it. I'm your host, Amelia, and this week uh, we are talking about bodies. How do we feel about our bodies? Why do we feel that way? What can we do to have a healthier relationship with our bodies? And what kind of assumptions do we make about bodies, health, and self-image? My guest this week is Carrie Padian. Carrie's a software developer and fat activist from Portland, Oregon. I'm so excited to talk to you about this topic, Carrie. Thank you so much for being here. Yay, me too. I'm really excited. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of a uh, a wide topic. <laughs> but I'm pumped. Yeah, I know. I, I was going to say big, and then I was like, that's too obvious. Um, so, <laughs> I guess... The thing that comes to my mind all the time when I think about bodies is, first of all, like, why are we so hard on ourselves about our bodies? Why do you think we beat ourselves up about our bodies? Boy, um, that's that's a big topic as well. Um, I read this article yesterday, actually, by uh, Michelle Allison, uh, the fat nutritionist, and she um, was talking about diet culture in, in particular. Um, and one connection she made that really um, resonated with me was that, you know, we're so focused on avoiding death. Mm. And um, we think of we think of our diet as a way to avoid death. You know, if I eat just this thing, I can live forever, you know, or I don't eat these things that I like. Uh, and I think that spills over to bodies. We feel like if there's one magical way that our body can be, then we will live forever and it'll be perfectly fine. Um, the other thing, of course, is that we walk around in these bodies and people react to us based on them. Uh, we get a lot of social messages and um, a lot of uh, feedback from from the public about uh, what what we should be, you know, and so I think uh, some of that can be really, really painful and, and um, difficult to deal with. And so we, we try to conform our bodies so that people don't uh, don't give us feedback that sucks. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if I can think of the first kind of awareness that I had that my body would be something that the world would judge me by. Is there a moment that sticks out to you like that? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, I kind of, it was always a thing with me, though. Let me let me see if I can pinpoint the age. I feel like fifth grade is the moment where I, I sort of realized that whatever I was rocking was not the right thing, mm. you know, and, mm. uh, and, and so it was kind of focused on as a point of change. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it kind of, it's one of those things that's insidious. It's so it's, it's, we're in it, you know, we're like fish in water. We don't really realize the water is there until, you know, I don't know, until yeah. you, you really get stung by uh, our, our body, body culture. Absolutely. I mean, I know that we pick this stuff up as kids. I think the first time for, for me that I noticed that something was off or that I should be aware of something is, um, my mom, I guess, had my grandmother's wedding dress or we were at my grandma's house or something. Mm -hmm. And I was in like, I was eight years old and they were like, oh, try on your grandmother's wedding dress. This will be so cool. And mm -hmm. my grandmother was, you know, had probably like a 20 inch waist when she got married. And sure. as a eight year old kid, like I couldn't put her dress over my body. And I remember feeling like, oh, she wore this as an adult, like this means something bad. Um, and it, you know, it's, it, it's usually around the way that people react to you. I mean, I, I have yes. memories of my, my brother and my dad 
pulling me aside to to caution me about my eating habits because um, they're mm. at the time they were both you know heavier dudes and you know they were just kind of like we we don't want you to go through what we went through kind of thing Sure. And I remember being like, oh, well, I just want to eat this food that tastes good. <laughs> right. Because, uh, well, you know, yeah, you don't know then, like, that, that you're supposed to be doing something other than whatever feels natural. Yeah, know? it should be simple, but I guess it gets complicated as you get older and you become more mm -hmm. aware. So, yeah, I guess I have a moment like that. You reminded me uh, of something like that. Um, and I don't remember exactly how old I was, but I was, I was pretty young. And all I wanted for Christmas was a scooter. Um, it was like the scooter era. Scooters had just come back. And, and this was before the Razor scooter thing. So this is, um, scooters were like, you know, they had little bike tires and, and, uh, and yeah. And so, um, I was super excited about getting a scooter and my parents got me one and that was great. But when I got on it, it like, it wasn't sturdy enough to support me. Mm. And as a kid, it was like, wait, what? you know, like the, what the world isn't made for me, you know? Right. And so that was like the big message that was like, nope. Right. And, uh, and so they had to like take it back and, and get, you know, some more, more sturdy, more fancy scooter, mm. um, which was, you know, I'm, we, we weren't like poor, but you know, that was, it was a more expensive scooter. And so it was kind of, and I, I knew that, you know, I, I knew that they were having to like lay out more money to, um, accommodate me. And I remember feeling, you know, really guilty. Like I'm, I'm making this happen because my body is wrong and, oh. and, uh, I should be ashamed, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, so, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you just internalize that so quickly. And it breaks my heart to hear stuff like that because I remember having thoughts like that. And then I think about myself just being a little kid and I'm like, oh, God, no kid should feel like that. You know, right, exactly. no kid should have to feel like, oh, my body doesn't doesn't look the way or doesn't feel the way it should. And what is right. should, you know, so we know that we know that there's a lot of shame that we can attach to our bodies. And I think that okay. that comes from a lot of different things. Um, do you think that there are some clear cut ways that we can kind of try to expel that shame that we seem to absorb from society? Oh, that's a great question. When it comes down to it, you have to kind of understand that society has its ideas about what your body should be, but that, you know, nobody's body is really quote unquote normal mm -hmm. or really fits, you know, everybody's got some, some weird something about them that, that they probably secretly feel like, Oh, you know, this isn't what I would want it to be. And so once you realize that everyone is walking around feeling that same way, you can kind of release a little bit of that, I think. Yeah. Um, frankly, nobody cares really deep down what your body is like, you know, uh, like if, if you, when you're meeting a person, you know, they're, they may have, you know, surface ideas about, you know, oh, that person should be thinner, but it's not like when you make a real connection with a person, like that stuff goes out the window. So it's, it's really not important right? when you get down to it. So, so if we can kind of see that for what it is, push it aside and just, you know, live. Yeah. Uh, in, in your imperfect vessel, just like everyone else's imperfect vessel. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing too, you know, even, even people with the quote unquote ideal bodies have something yeah. that they hate about themselves, specifically yep. about their bodies. And I, I think of that scene from Mean Girls when they're like in the mirror talking about 
the things that they don't like and they're like, oh, my nail beds suck. And they turn to Lindsay right. Lohan. She's like, uh, like what? I have okay. bad breath in the morning. Like, <laughs> and, I, and I love that too, because it, it realized yeah. know, it brings to light, like how trivial all the stuff that we put on ourselves is, you know, it's just like, Definitely. Well, and, you know, just if you bring up Mean Girls, you know, they've they've got her positioned as she was kind of raised in a culture that wasn't this Western culture. Right. Um, You know, and so she's like, oh, I'm sorry, we're supposed to hate ourselves now? You know, like this is this is something that we're immersed in, but not necessarily every culture is, is like that. So it shows you that those kinds of things are learned, you know. Right. Exactly. We don't come yes. out of the womb thinking that, you know our nail beds suck or whatever it is. Well, no, because how, you know, how do we decide what good nail beds are, you know, as, right. as an example. Right, right. Um, you have to be told like, okay, this is how things should be. And, and this is, and you're not measuring up, you know? Right. So, I mean, we know that on the surface, people out in the world are going to look at us and make some sort of assumptions. What, what kinds right. of assumptions do you think, people make about bodies that can be very damaging. Oh gosh. I mean, you know, if, if we're going to talk about it, let's just talk about fat bodies for a second because, um, you know, that's, that's what I do mostly. But, um, I think a lot of assumptions are made about people with fat bodies that, you know, how they got those bodies. There's a, um, you know, people assume that, uh, a fat person maybe just sits and eats all day and doesn't really do much of anything else. And so then along with that comes this assumption that fat people are lazy. Um, you know, I've, I've heard um, stereotypes that fat people are like smelly and gross and things like that. And so in this way, we kind of other people who have specifically fat bodies, uh, but you know, there, there are all sorts of other things that we can um, that we can apply to people with bodies that we're uncomfortable with. Mm -hmm. There's this, um, you know, there's this human thing that we do where we kind of sort people into, you know, like me and not like me. And, uh, and so when we see someone with a, with an unusual body, maybe they have, um, they have other challenges, they're disabled or, um, for whatever reason, you know, they're, they're from another country and we don't, you know, quite, um, understand or feel comfortable yet with, with, uh, people who are different from us. And so it, it becomes a way that we kind of reject, um, those differences and, and push those people away. So we kind of put labels on them, like, you know, they're, they're lazy or they're terrible or they're sinister, or they're terrorists, you know, yeah. um, as, as a way to keep ourselves safe. Like it's, uh, it, it makes sense when you're, you know, a caveman and you're trying to see who you can trust, you know? Um, but it's the kind of thing that we haven't really evolved away from, yeah. uh, as much as we should have. So, uh, so yeah, we, we tend to kind of assume that, um, not like us means bad. And, um, and what's weird is if you're a fat person living in the Western world, all the people around you kind of reflect that back to you. And so then you start thinking about, about yourself. Uh, and so then you even start thinking about that, about other fat people, like internalized fat shame, you know, so you start thinking that other fat people are terrible and lazy. And, and that's, um, of course, not true either. Yeah. Well, so. and I mean, speaking specifically about fat bodies, also, um, I was I was witnessing a conversation on on Twitter that I thought was really interesting. And they were talking about 
the vilification of fat bodies in popular culture. So, I mean, what comes to mind is like, you know, Fat Bastard from Austin Powers. Sure. Um, even even our uh, quote unquote positive uh, representations like Pam Poovey uh, from Archer have some problems. Like, I think she's uh, committed sexual assault on the show. Like, there's like these predatory kind of evil connotations like Ursula, the sea witch from Ariel. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a lot of these kinds of um, either evil or slovenly or lazy kind of characteristics that get uh, reinforced and um, perpetuated sure. back into you know, the, the, what do you call it? The common mind. They become part of the culture. Yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, that's not the only thing, you know, that happens with fat bodies in, in popular culture. I mean, it's, it, you know, yes, we're definitely villains, but also there are lots of fat, like best friends. And they're like the funny one, you know, they, they're, they're right? like almost like the, the motherly type. Yeah. They're almost right? asexualized. So, like they, you know, yes. Yeah. That's what I was, that's what I was getting at. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's a kind of way it, it's, it's a way that we can kind of put them in a box again. So do we need to be creating more like representations that are positive? Yeah, absolutely. We do. Um, and you know, I, what, when you bring that up, you're making me think of that show, This Is Us, which I haven't seen yet. Um, and I'm really worried about um, how how they're portraying fat people on the show. But I, I came across this article yesterday, which is how I learn everything now. Um, that was talking about how uh, the you know, I don't know if you if you are familiar with or have seen the show, but um, one of the main characters is a fat woman, and you know she's genuinely actually fat she's not just you know little and, and chubby and and you know like bridget jones right. and, oh tee you know 15 pounds over but so she's really uh, genuinely fat and her and the actress that they hired to play her is genuinely fat which is great um so so it's like this one little step in the right direction but then there's all this other terrible stuff like apparently in her contract it says that her character is supposed to lose weight over the course of the show so that kind of means that this actress has to lose weight which means that they're like insisting that she change her body for for this particular and I know that it's not the only time that you know Hollywood has ever done stuff like this but it still is just kind of like you know if somebody's struggling with their weight and their storyline is about this woman who struggles with her weight uh, it just seems a little bit cruel to be like, nope, you've got to change this thing that you're struggling yeah, with totally. uh-huh, or else we're not going to pay you. Yeah. The other thing is, is that her love interest on the show, the storyline that they're, that they're um, kind of laying out for the two of them is that he's, he's fat as well. And that's kind of how they connect. And so it's kind of like the, the Mike and Molly thing, which is another whole thing, um, which is another whole show about fat people right. connecting. So first of all, or two things about that as well. Um, First of all, you know, God, I'm so tired of this this idea that fat people can only uh, have relationships with other fat people, right? Uh, right? Like, why why must that be the only thing that they can connect on? And is it because we think that that's all that fat people are or do? You know, is is think about being fat and that's just their whole lives. The other thing is that this actor is actually wearing a fat suit. Oh. To play this character. Like, like, take the suit off. Let him be a person. There are so many fat actors out well, in the world. Like, you don't have not, to. Not too. Like, right, right. There, there are plenty of fat actors. We can pull one in and great. 
Uh, but also, you know, he doesn't have to be fat. Yeah. For the, like, you can still connect yeah. um, on, on many other levels besides just fatness. Yeah. And that just, oh, it drove me crazy. Well, there was, a, there was a show that I thought kind of had a more positive representation um, that was Super Fun Night. Did you ever see that with Rebel Wilson? I did. And I loved I it. I did. And, that, and she... That was cool. She had love interests. She had, I mean, like her whole life was not about her weight and losing weight or trying to look different. True. You know, it was just her life and her friendships True. and making mistakes and stuff. And I, I think that narratives and stories where an, an actor represents, you know, the same identity that they're portraying and they're just kind yeah. of like living life. Those are the most, you know, kind yeah. of balanced positive representations in that I can think of. Um, right. I mean, it's visibility. It's, it com- combats those, st- those stereotypes and, that we yeah, think about. Those, yeah. And that know, was a great show, but novel. it got canceled after one season. So it's like, okay. It did. I was so frustrated. Yeah, Though I also think that that one wasn't perfect because it positioned her as um, kind of an outcast oddball. Type yeah, that's character. true. That's true. I mean, which is fine because we all, you know, feel like outcasts and oddballs uh, most of the time. But um, don't we? But yeah, I, I, we? <laughs> I would have loved, right? <laughs> I would have loved to see uh, another season of that. Yeah. For sure. What do you wish people knew or could understand about bodies? Oh, I mean, kind of the thing I said earlier, which is, you know, we're all we're all walking around in these these weird, imperfect lumpy vessels that that do weird things that we don't expect and there's no reason to be self-conscious about that you know like um i don't know you can't even if you could wave a magic wand you would be looking at your nail beds you know thinking they're not quite as perfect Uh, so you might as well just take what you've got and and work it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i wish people could understand that everybody has a different way of honoring their bodies and like your way doesn't need to be the way for everybody. I get, I get really, I mean, okay. I like it when people share things that are working for them in terms of, Oh, I do this to reduce stress or I like this recipe, but I don't like it when people kind of, um, kind of send their, like recipe for success to me and think that's going to work for me. And why aren't you doing this? And I told you it would work. And, you know, like, yes, my, I wish we had like a little bit more figurative autonomy for our bodies as well as, you know, physical autonomy. Um, Definitely. There's a lot of, there's a lot of evangelizing around yes, know, body stuff. Definitely. It's chock full of assumptions and it's even more assumptions that we're making about other people. Absolutely. I remember being a kid and actually I, I was on my way to fat camp because I went to fat camp when I was a kid. And uh, so I was on a plane by myself and it was an exciting moment. I think I was 13 years old, so maybe not a young kid, but, um, and this, this older woman, she must've been, I guess she was probably in her, in her sixties, late sixties, seventies. Um, but she talked to me for the whole plane ride about how I should just eat steamed vegetables and that would that would fix everything that was wrong with me and and then i could be happy again you know that kind of thing it, it was just kind of like i have the answer for you little girl or i guess little little teenage girl um 
just eat the skin vegetables. I don't know what your what your problem is. And so and I was, you know, I'm on a plane. I can't I can't leave. Yeah. And there's just this way in which we kind of corner people. Well, and she is an adult. You know, she was an adult. You were by yourself. Like that's totally right. I don't. I mean, I I could talk about the ways that we hurt our our bodies in order to fit, but I just don't even want to go there. It's so it's it just yeah. sucks, you know. And um, yeah. Ugh, so sorry. <laughs> Shake it off. So that leads me into kind of, you know, how can we be better to other people about their bodies? And how can we be better to ourselves about our own bodies? Um, well, you know, crap. I mean, let's, uh, oh, I can say shit. Shit. Yeah, you can. You can on this show. <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, so <laughs> uh, how can we be better to people about their bodies? Well, you know, God, for the love of God, let's, let's recognize the fact that, that everybody's got weirdness. Um, and that everybody is self-conscious about it. Yeah. So, you know, we can try to create a safe space uh, for talking about bodies. We can we can share uh, our you know things about our feelings about our bodies. It doesn't have to be this like you know let's stand in front of the mirror and talk about all the things that are terrible about us. Though so that is kind of a way that we can connect. Is that mm, I don't feel great about this. But uh, you know, also if you have a, a fat body or a non-standard body. Go live your life. Yeah. You know, go do the things boldly that you have always wanted to do. And by that example, you will make a space for people with, for other people with non-standard bodies yes. to, to do the same, Yeah, you know? And so, so we don't just have to like talk to people about, you know, liking their bodies and everything. You can show them yeah. what you can do. Every fat person that you see that's like achieving something or that, you know, even if it's just like living their best life, you know, and really enjoying their life, that's an example that you can set for, for the rest of the world that may be struggling. Mm. Yeah. And it's a, so it's a, it's a beautiful way. And then at the same time, you also get to do the thing that you want to do. So yeah, yeah, do that. Definitely. Um, I don't know. I don't know exactly how I would answer that question. I mean, we can be better to the people about their bodies by just like making a conscious effort not to make assumptions about people and not to, right. you know, draw conclusions about their lives that we really have no idea about. You know, I know people Absolutely. who weigh like over 250 pounds who run marathons and I know people who are a size four and can't run half a mile without stopping. You know, it's not about... You know, and that sure. leads into that leads into a whole nother topic, which is like all of the um, health concern trolling that people do to fat sure. bodies. That's something that I would like to talk about. But I think we actually have a listener question related to that. So um, we can cool. save that. That's but cool. something to to be better to your own body is to and this is something that I have to practice like every day. You know, it's not just you do mm -hmm. it once and it's automatic. It's like it takes work to retrain yourself when it comes to unlearning all those messages that you absorbed. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I do is I think about specific things that I'm grateful to my body for allowing me to do or things that I'm grateful about my body. So like one thing is like, I have really soft skin and I like that. Like it, it's, it feels sure. nice. So I, I say, okay, I like that I have soft skin or I like that my body uh -huh. allowed me to touch my toes this morning or, you know, just whatever it is, you can take a moment to feel uh, gratitude. Definitely. I think, I think gratitude is important. Um, 
Yeah. Um, but I think also, even, even if you can't do those things, even if you've got leathery, terrible skin that you hate, um, your body is, you know, keeping you a lot. Like it's, it's, you're living in it, you know, like it's great. You have a body. Isn't that wonderful? You know, even if it's, it's doing terrible things. I know, you know, if, if you're in chronic pain, et cetera, et cetera, then that might be, um, maybe like, I wish I didn't have a body at this point. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you know, for the most part, for most people, you have a body. Sure. You've got some complaints about it, but you know, on the, on the balance, it's, it's awesome. It's magical. Yeah. That, that you're alive right now, you know, that you're breathing, like, yeah, I'm, I do know a couple of people who suffer from chronic pain. And I mean, I'm sure that they would have a, a lot of different things to yeah. say uh, about this. So exactly. I don't want to yeah. leave any, anyone out in this conversation. But it's like hard to encompass like everything about bodies, because there's so many different, you know, different kinds of bodies and different things that happens to bodies. So absolutely. Um, and I mean, you know, I, I don't have chronic pain, so I, so please forgive me listeners with chronic pain. I'm, I'm not trying to tell you how to live. Um, uh, but also, um, you know, if you are dealing with chronic pain, maybe the thing that you can find gratitude in is that you have the ability to feel pain, you know, like I, there's still yeah. something that, that you can kind of dig deep and find, you know, even if you, that you maybe are still breathing in and out and you have connections to people that you are grateful that you can, you know, you can have, um, friends and loved ones in your life that you, you know, your body enables you to be able to connect yeah, with them. Totally. So anyway, so there's always of something. Course. Um, what kind of changes would you like to see in the world when it comes to accessibility? Oh boy, a lot. Um, I'd like to start with airplane seats. I think that whole thing is, it's, it's a con. It's a total con. And what it, what, what airlines are doing, not, not, you know, knowingly necessarily on purpose. I don't feel like there's some, you know, airline CEO like rubbing his hands together and, and giggling about all the uncomfortable fat people. But what they're doing is making it less comfortable for everybody. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the smaller that those seats get and the, the, the more uncomfortable it is for everybody the more that people kind of turn towards fat people and are like, you know, you're taking up my already tiny space, you know, grr, I hate you. Um, and, and so there's just this vilification almost, uh, with fat people and, and, you know, we, we are people too, you know, we, we need to be accommodated, uh, in, in public spaces, which at this point, you know, airplanes are public spaces because we can't like, it would be prohibitive for us to all just buy our own private jets, you know, like people can't do that. We rely on, on airplanes to get from place to place. Yeah. Just like then people do, you know, and, and it just so happens that our bodies completely don't fit. It's the same, you know, thing that, that tall people go through. Um, and then tall people should have to be accommodated too. And I just, I feel like it would be so simple to just take a couple of rows on the airplane, you know, make them make the seats bigger or more modular so that, you know, it's like a bench and the armrest can go up and, you know, you can, you can adjust that. Uh, and, and so I wish that there was some way that we could push the airlines into doing more things like that. Cause I think that that's just a really challenging thing. Yeah. I, in public spaces in general, I think that there is a huge yeah. opportunity for technology to kind of make things like, more adjustable and and durable and yes. changing you know i would like to see 
chairs at restaurants that can lower down for a little person and raise up for a tall person and widen for a fat person. You know, like we, it shouldn't be that hard to make something that can accommodate different levels of ability or disability, different uh, like size bodies. I think that there are some really simple things that we probably already have the technology to be able to do that would make public space is a lot more accessible for everybody. Agreed. Well, and in, in, in the uh, in the case of a restaurant, even just, I mean, even if you don't get into like the awesome adjustable chair idea, um, you know, you can have different chairs. Yeah. It's, it's okay. They don't all have you to can be have a same. section <laughs> with chairs that don't have arms. You can have a section with benches, you know, you can have this one table that, you know, and then maybe you save it for, for folks that need it, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. So there, there are ways to think around this problem um, and and be open to different types of bodies when you're kind of creating a public space. Uh, and I think it's important for us to think about that in those terms, that how can I accommodate the most different kinds of people? Because people are not all the same. And that's, you know, a lot of, a lot of public space planning thinks of this one, like, example of, of an average, quote-unquote, sized person and builds everything around that. And that's not going to fit, you know, a, a big, a big chunk of <laughs> the world, um, the world's bodies. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. I would, I would like to see some of those changes too. I, I just, you know, I get, I, I have a, I have a, uh, a cousin who is, uh, in a wheelchair and she is like the most fearless go getter kind of person I've ever met you can't keep her down. I mean, she will make sunshine on the rainiest day. Like she just takes the world like, you know, she just grabs it and makes it her own. And, you know, I think about, I mean, she kind of has to be, right? Yeah, definitely. Because it's not like, you know, the world is rolling out the red carpet, like, Hey, let's make this easier for you. Yeah. But so, you know, and, and, when I visit her and stuff, you know, I think where she lives, accessibility is not a huge problem, but I know that it, I mean, it always will be an issue because, sure. you know, when you leave home, when you travel, um, there are just things that are done differently in different places and you can't have, that's the main thing I think is you can't have a consistent expectation everywhere you go. You know, some, some places might have accessibility um, in mine and others might not. So I, I mean, do you know of any, like, um, are there any kind of websites or communities that compile information on accessibility that you know of? Oh, well, uh, there is a, a, a great Facebook group and going back to the plane thing called flying while fat. And so it's, it's actually, um, and this is certainly not about accessibility, uh, or wheelchair accessibility, but just, just as an aside, um, it's it's a huge group of, of fat people who happen to have flown and have have experiences and have reported them and so I, I think it's just an amazing way that people can kind of share okay I was on this delta plane and this is my experience uncomfortable comfortable you know or they treated me well or poorly and it's just a way to share those experiences and kind of crowdsource that you know um, that information that's not always easy to get I would love to see more um, more resources like that for, for all, uh, non-standard body communities. Um, and there may, there may be some that I'm just not privy to, but, yeah. um, I think it's, 
it's super important that, you know, we, we have the technology, if not to put adjustable chairs in every restaurant, we have the technology to share uh, with each other, you know, what, what kind of experience we're having, what kind of accessibility we're seeing. Um, I don't, I don't see that often in Yelp, but I feel like that would be an, an, an awesome thing that Yelp could like have as, as a side feature. Like, did this feel like it was accessible? Right. You know, did, did it seem like there were um, features that would, would help everyone? So, yeah. Um, and it may have like a checkbox, but you know, I'm talking about like elaborating on. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm sure that there are some, some places like that that exist. I'll do a little bit of a, uh looky lose um after after we record so i can include any links that i might find in the show notes um so where do you go to be inspired or reinvigorated with positive body feelings do you have like any spaces or sites that you love that um you go to for that kind of thing i you know what i really love Instagram for that. And there are, um, it depends on, on who you connect with on Instagram and you can do some searches for, you know, for fat or for fat acceptance or for, you know, non-standard bodies, really, really anything that you want to search for. Um, you can find folks that are kind of living that life, you know, there's, um, so there's this yoga lady, uh, named Jessamine Stanley and she's certainly got a non-standard body. Um, but she's amazing, uh, yoga wise. And, uh, she, you know, so she posts Instagram photos of, um, you know, doing headstands and, and just different crazy yoga things that I, that I certainly can't do. Uh, and, and, and just looking at her, uh, is inspiring. I also, uh, love to read Reagan Chastain's blog, um, dances with fat. And, uh, she, is she just does a lot of uh, a lot of active things. So she's uh, she's training for the Ironman. Um, she's a she was a professional dancer, um, and uh, I think she's a professional dancer. I hope I didn't get that wrong. Anyway, um, but but she's just uh, she's inspirational to me just because she's she's so determined, and uh, so I love to go read and, and about what she's what she's doing, what her training is, how it's progressing. Yeah. Uh, and it just kind of reminds me that there are things that I can do that I haven't really even explored yet. So yeah, that's, that's what excites me is, is the idea of these possibilities, um, things, things that you can do that you can't, that you haven't even done yet. So. Absolutely. And I, I find too, that when the right people on Twitter, you can find a lot of like, um, like, uh, radical fat acceptance, like artists and, and sure. And comic artists, like uh, all, all different h- kinds of creative people who are creating art and media that embrace different bodies. Um, one that I follow on Twitter is Kiva Bay. She's a graphic designer, I believe, and she does some cartooning and stuff with uh, with fat characters. And um, most of her stories usually have like queer characters as well, which is really cool. Um, and I was thinking of some other people that I love. A a lot of it's just articles that I've read that I think are great. And, um, I'm definitely going to link to those at the end of the show. Are there any other, uh, fat activists or body activists that you want to shout out? I mean, there are so many that it's, it's so hard to, uh, to, to put them, you know, to pinpoint them. Uh, Marilyn Wan. It's nice that it's growing so much. Yes, it's amazing. I mean, that's... So yes, yeah, let me go back. So Marilyn Wan uh, wrote this book, Fat So, uh, 
a long time ago, like, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago. It's been a while. And, um, and she, so she, to me is, she's kind of like the, uh, the mother of this, um, the latest, uh, wave of fat acceptance and, and fat activism. Um, because I feel like she, she stood up and said, you know, this is, this is wrong to treat fat people this way. And, and it doesn't matter and, and go and live your life uh, before pretty much anybody else was saying that. Um, mm. and so now, uh, I feel like that kind of laid the groundwork of, of all of these, um, fat people who are able to be visible now, you know, who are able to be out on their own Instagram and, and posting their, you know, their cute outfits of the day, which I just love. Oh, I love it too. Um, right. And it's just like, you know, wow, I never would have thought to wear those things, but it just, it, again, it creates a space for other people to, to feel more free. Uh, the more free that you are with, with your life and the more, the more things that you do that you wanted to do, then the more other people will see that and be like, Oh, I can do that too. Yeah. So, yeah. There are some really cool people who are, who are living by example and kind of paving the way for, for at least me to feel, you know, more comfortable in my own skin. Um, yes. Laura Delorado is one that I followed for a while. Uh, she did uh, burlesque in, in New York for a while, and now she's working for Refinery29. She's done some really cool, like, video projects with them um, about body acceptance and stuff. Um, and then there's a, a designer, an indie designer that I really like. Um, her name is Kate Dupree, and she does uh, really beautiful um, a plus size clothes. And I love her. She's cool. awesome. So yeah, shout out to those awesome ladies. Uh, I don't know of any, uh, fat activist men that are doing stuff. I mean, I know oh, they exist. No, I do. Um, oh, there's great. this great site called, um, and, and it's not, well, it depends on your definition of act- activism, but there's, so there's this great site called Chubster. Um, and I think it's chubster.com and it's, you know, just like, uh, just like Flickr or um, I don't know, one of the other uh, websites, it's it's there's no e, so it's c h uh, e b s t r. Um, but anyway, it's it's men's fashion, but it's like fashion for like big and tall men. Nice. But then it's also it's just all these other resources, and it kind of has created this community uh, where men can can come together and, and ask their questions, and you know, how should I be wearing this suit or whatever, and and uh, they're given feedback, they're given resources. Um, it's just, you know, you, you think fashion is, is you could think fashion is not really activism, but wow. You know, I would say that the way that you present yourself, um, and making it, uh, making it, uh, possible for other people to present themselves well and feel good about that. Like that's, that will have a huge impact. Well, and I do think that's political. I think it absolutely right. is, uh, ra- radical and political to, uh, you know, exist in a non-conventional body freely and openly and wear whatever you want and, you know, yep. embrace yourself. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Just being um, visible is, is, a, is a political act. Absolutely. It's a radical act. Yeah, absolutely yep. it is. Um, so at this point in the show, I've got some listener questions. You ready to okay. help me field these? So ready. Cool. So our first question comes from Sylvia. She says, I've had some bad interactions in the past with doctors who seem to blame me and indeed sometimes shame having a larger body. Are there any resources for medical professionals who believe me when I say I'm fat and healthy? Yes, there are. Yay. Um, And that's yay technology because for a long time that was not the case. 
Um, but now it's, it's almost, it's so easy. You can, you can Google, um, for just fat friendly uh, doctor, uh, and they'll come up with lots of resources. Uh, I, I sent you one that, uh, that will show up in the, in the notes. Um, it's the fat friendly health professionals list. This is the list that's been around for a long time and was kind of the first list of its kind where just, you know, someone in some forum was talking about, you know, how can we, uh, provide access to, to more people to fat family doctors. And they were like, I'll make a list. And, and then that list has kind of spawned other, uh, other lists as well. But, um, so that's, that's a good way is to go on looking for those lists. Another thing is to just kind of put feelers out in your community. If you know other fat people who, who live in your community, you can ask them, you know, what, what doctors are you seeing? And do you, do you like your experiences with them and have they been good to you? So, um, you know, it can be challenging. It can be really challenging to try to find someone who will treat you like a, a, a person and not just like a, a flawed body, right. you know, and it's in some ways you may have to take a deep breath and plunge in and try a couple of doctors until you, you know, find one that, that really resonates with you. Yeah. Um, but I will also say that you absolutely 100% have the right to healthcare that is not weight-based or not, not weight focused. Um, you have the right to as much, uh, care and compassion and, um, and just, just good medical care that, that isn't about your body at all. Yeah. Or about, sorry, about your weight at all. I mean, it's going to be about your body. Um, but yeah, so it isn't kind of putting you into a box because of your body size. So if you, if you go to a doctor and you don't feel respected, please, stop seeing them and, and go, you know, try another doctor because there are plenty of, uh, now there are plenty of doctors out there that will respect you yeah. and you deserve that respect. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm relieved that there are some, um, like lists and resources like that, because I know that that wasn't always the case. And, you know, no. for people who like live in a small town or don't have, uh, health insurance or something like that, like their options are a lot narrower, but um, yes. having those resources to kind of see where you need to be to, to get compassionate care is what I would say. Um, it's worth it to, yes. to pursue that. Absolutely. Another thing you can do is if you're, if you're unsure about how, how you're going to be received uh, at a particular doctor, you can always, there are, there are letters online that you can uh, print out and take with you. Uh, that kind of outline, um, you know, the, these are the things that I, you know, I, I don't want to be weighed every time, you know, I don't want to talk about weight loss, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And so you can kind of present that to your doctor. You can also, you know, call and ask to talk to your doctor, um, maybe make an appointment over the phone so that you can discuss these things. If you feel like you would feel more uncomfortable talking about them face to face, um, there are things you can email. You know, so there are, there are a lot of other ways that you can kind of reach out and, and maybe fill them out first and and say, you know, are we going to agree on this kind of thing um, before you go in there and are in like the little robe um, that probably doesn't fit anyway. So Right. Yeah, that's yeah. a whole nother accessibility yeah. conversation. Yes. Yeah, it is. Um, our next question comes from Simone. Simone says, I'm on the smaller end of plus size at a size 18. And sometimes I hear larger people within the fat acceptance community complain that people like me take up too much space in fat acceptance conversations. 
I know that I have some bodily privilege compared to people who are larger than me, but I can't shake the feeling that I'm being excluded by this community for being too small and I'm being excluded in general for being too big. I sort of feel like I can't win. Am I just being a jerk? Okay. Simone, you're not being a jerk. Um, I understand completely, but you also have to recognize the fact that maybe you might not you might be a little bit uh, blind to some experiences that other people are going through because of your privilege um, that you have acknowledged. You do have a little bit of privilege um, because you can fit in certain spaces better than, than other people. So like if we were talking about say uh, the restaurant accessibility thing, my guess is that, you know, a, a smaller fat person is going to have an easier time walking into a restaurant and not having to worry about whether or not the chairs will accommodate them. Um, so there's this whole other layer of things that a larger fat person might be dealing with that you might not be dealing with. Um, and so it's just a matter of kind of being conscious and, and not always making the conversation about you. Certainly join all sorts of um, fat acceptance communities, but then make sure that you're not just talking about your things, that you're, you're making a space for people who are having other issues, larger fat people, um, to, to talk about their issues as well. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that, I think that in general, the more that we can listen to other people about their experiences, the better people we become because it, you know, it teaches yes. us empathy. It teaches us compassion. It teaches us like listening skills and just to kind of like be outside of ourselves for a period of time. Um, and I do think that a lot of the conversations around fat acceptance do kind of center on um, issues or things that, you know, the, the smaller spectrum of, of fat people deal with. And when, when those conversations are going on, some of the, you know, potentially more dangerous or harmful things that happen on the extreme end, you know, don't, don't get the space that, that those people need to kind of air their grievances and talk about their issues. Right. So, I don't think that you can't win and I don't think that um, you shouldn't feel like the fat acceptance community isn't your community. Right. I just think that it's important to give everyone uh, their, their stage and their, their space to, to talk about what's going on with them. So I, I you know, my advice would just be to, uh, you know, listen a little bit more, try and think about, things that you might not deal with that somebody else is dealing with. Read um, read the works of people who, who are bigger than you and see see what they write about, see what they're dealing with. Yeah. Um, and ju it'll just make you more conscientious. And then if you feel like you can engage on those topics in the future, like you'll, you'll learn more and you'll feel like more of a part of the community at large because you're lifting you're lifting everybody up and you're including everybody when you have the ability to yes. listen to their conversations as well. Yes. There's also nothing stopping you from making your own side group of folks who are around your size and just want to talk about things that affect folks like you. That's okay too. You know, that's the beauty of the internet is that you can um, join and, you know, participate in as many or as few groups as you want. So you can always find another place to talk about specifically your issues as well. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Um, our next question comes from Mark. Okay, so yay, we have a man asking a question. Um, yay. So Mark says, when I exercise, sometimes I get self-conscious that people are looking at me or judging my body. Um, if I am at the gym and I catch somebody looking at me, I, I you know, my feelings get hurt, I get embarrassed. Um, how can I keep as exercise as something that I do for myself and not let what people oh, think I'm affect so Yeah, not let what people think affect me. I had this idea last night and it just came to me in a flash and I think it's amazing. <laughs> my, my idea is amazing. Um, <laughs> I, I think there should be a gym um, that, that has like the, the machines like in little cubicles mm. so that you have your privacy while you're using them. Because honest to God, you know, I, I don't like that either. Yeah. Right. And, and I, you know, I, I like a good gym. I actually um, I have, I have fun in gyms, but, but there is always that kind of, walking into it you don't know is this crowd of people who are here are they going to look at me in a, in a welcoming way are they going to be rude to me or you know and am i going to have to imagine what they're thinking because that's just a thing that happens you know someone looks at you you're like oh do they you know they think it's great that i'm i'm here or do they think that um i'm i'm an, an eyesore and terrible that they have to look at me etc cetera, etc cetera. so i think it'd be great if we had uh some some sort of uh gyms where you could have your own little privacy, just shut your little door and, and do your, uh, walk on your treadmill, you know, by yourself without having to worry about someone looking at you all the time. With that said, since that doesn't exist yet, um, you know, it's, it's part of, it's part of the working out. It's, it's part of kind of what you put on is you got to kind of put on this invisible shield, uh, and find a way to, to not care what what everyone in there thinks and sometimes that's not something that that you can do sometimes that's too much extra emotional work um you know you're going to the gym you're doing a lot of work already maybe that's too much and so maybe you have to find another way to exercise uh if you're still interested in exercising so maybe um walk around your neighborhood or if you can you know get a treadmill and put it in your house or something else like that but another thing that you might uh, be able to do is uh find a way to kind of direct the interaction with other people. So I've seen, I've seen people who, you know, wear like a funny t-shirt or wear like your, um, maybe your favorite team. If there's a local sports team or something like that and kind of make that a focal point instead of, instead of your body. So kind of like deflect yeah. uh, things onto that, uh, that particular thing. Um, and then the last thing I'll say about that is to also remember that those people are there at the gym in general because there is something that they are working on too. So uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that you know they're they're all going to be super friendly, but if you just kind of try to recognize that everyone in that room is probably feeling like, oh God, is someone looking at me? Yeah. You know, and 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 is probably thinking a lot, a lot less about how terrible you are and a lot more about how terrible they are. Uh, it makes it a little bit easier. It's like the imagine them in their underwear kind of, um, of going yeah. to the gym. <laughs> Everyone is insecure. Absolutely. Everyone is. And I mean, it's so funny because we don't think that other people are when we're in our own brains, but of course everyone is. Um, of course they are. If I, well, so one thing I would say, and I'm really lucky because, uh, the gym that I go to is a chain and at every single location, they have a separate women's gym that only oh, cool. only women are allowed to to go into and it's you know they have your machines you've got some free weights there's a space in the back with some mats and you know exercise balls and medicine balls and stuff and it's just a, a 
a space for only women. And I go there all the time. You know, when you're out in the general part of the gym, um, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of like aggressive meatheads. Like, y you know, I, I don't really, can be. Sure. yeah, I, I don't, um, I don't always feel comfortable when I'm in like that part of the gym, but when I go into the women's gym, I generally feel like pretty safe and, 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 and relaxed. And that's the biggest thing is, is to be relaxed. Definitely. Obviously that's not going to work. for Mark. That's not going to help. Mark. No, it's not going to help. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Sorry, Mark, yeah. you can't come to the women's gym. Yeah. But the one thing that I would say is um, get you some really, really good headphones that you like cannot hear yeah. anyone in and find some like music, like have it on while you're walking to the gym um, before you even get there. Something that puts you in a good mood that makes you feel positive. And something that I do is like if I'm concentrating on uh, reps on a machine or free weights or something like I'll just close my eyes and, and focus on my breathing. Sure. And you know, those are little things and they might not really get at the meat of what you're experiencing, but maybe they'll help in some sort of small dose. But I would say, don't let, uh, your imagined, uh, you know, it could be real. Like you never know what people are thinking. People can sure. be assholes, but don't let your imagined, um, criticisms coming from other people like let them rob you of something that you love to do, you know? Right. And, and I think make it part of the workout. Like it is work that you're doing to kind of filter out, um, the people around you, you know? Yeah. Um, but so, you know, just the same way that you psych yourself up, you know, okay, 10 more reps, I'm going to do this. You know, you can be like, okay, I can ignore these people, you know, and then just focus. Um, it's just a matter of, I mean, it's not just a matter of just doing that, but it's one way that you can uh, approach that is to kind of okay, I'm also going to filter out all these people looking at me. Yeah. Yeah. So just like acknowledge that it is work, but then use it to your advantage. Absolutely. I hope that helps Mark and, uh, you know, stay positive and, and keep doing it for you. Um, Definitely. we have time for one more question. This is from, uh, Lorianne. This is a little bit of a long one. Lorianne says, uh, whenever I talk about my body issues with my friend, she brings up that people have judged her for being too skinny. While I understand that people making comments or judgments about your about your body is unfair and upsetting, it kind of feels like she's derailing the conversation. Yep. How can I explain this to her that there's a difference between body shaming for fat people versus thin people? Or is it all part of the same monster? Yes. So this is kind of the other side of the thing that Simone is talking about. Exactly. So um, this is this is a person who is um, the friend, the friend is, is experiencing kind of a different kind of discrimination or different kind she's, she's feeling the effects of this, um, this body conscious culture in a different way. Um, so it's related. Uh, but I would say that, that generally the, the, the difficulties that fat people deal with, uh, in our culture and, and the way in which we, um, tell them that they're wrong and bad, um, are different from the ways in which we tell thin people that they're wrong and bad because thin people are still accommodated, um, in public, um, thin in certain ways are, uh, is, uh, is celebrated. Yeah. Um, in certain ways, you know, so that you can, you can kind of see yourself in, in people that are shown to you repeatedly, like in people who show up in TV shows and the media and, and supermodels and things like that. They're, they're role models for you to relate to. 
Um, there, there are just ways in which thin people are represented in our culture that fat people really aren't. Um, mm-hmm. and fat people are kind of erased. Um, so there, there are a lot of other things that are going on there besides, um, our culture saying your body is wrong. Uh, and, and so it would, it would behoove, um, Lorian's thin friend to kind of recognize this and recognize that there, there are other, um, other issues going on besides the ones that she's going through. Um, I mean, Lorian, you're not crazy for feeling like, uh, this is unfair and upsetting. It is. Uh, and, and it, it probably is derailing. And this is the kind of thing where hopefully your friend realizes that and, and stops trying to make her issues the center of the conversation and makes a space to listen to your issues as well. Yeah. And if she can't do that, then maybe, you know, try reaching out on, on the internet and finding some other friends who will. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, like you might need a new friend. Like she doesn't sound, she doesn't sound. I mean, you know, you you can have a conversation with her and and sit her down and be like, this is, this is what's going on and and give her some space to kind of correct that behavior. But yeah, that's not a good friend. behavior. Yeah, of course. I'm not saying get rid of her, but, uh, but I would say that, you know, a tendency to yeah. not really listen or hear what you're saying and to recenter the conversation on themselves is typically the sign of a person who, you know, is maybe not the best at giving in, yes. in a relationship. Um, so I would I would definitely try to, like, make it clear to her that what you're expressing um is what you want to express that that something that you're dealing with and it's not about her. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and um, if she can't hear you or won't hear you or doesn't get it, uh, then I just wouldn't talk to her about those issues anymore. Um, right. I think that there are a lot more positive people and positive spaces that you can air out like what what you're dealing with and talk to people who will get it. And um, I get I get frustrated by by this line of thinking because I've heard it a lot, you know, people say, what about thin shaming sure, and stuff like that? that's not what we're talking and about. We're talking about fat shaming, it, you know? Exactly, exactly. And we can talk about, the, we can yep. talk about that other thing later, but right yep. now we're talking about this thing. And, um, you know, it is derailing. And, you know, I I hope that it's a, it's an innocent kind of thing. Like she's just trying you know she could just be trying to relate to you she you know sure. even even by saying like oh i have this thing that happens with my body but um Absolutely. you know just like let her know that that this is something important for you to discuss or find find more positive avenues to discuss it with other people that's yes what you do you do not have to put up with this um if if she can't uh if she can't start listening to you and making space for you to to talk about your issues without making it about her you yeah. deserve a friend who, who can do that. So definitely uh, give her space uh, to, to make it better. But then also, yeah, go find go find a friend who will talk to you like a Absolutely. respectful person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's all the time we have this week for listener questions. Uh, send your questions to questions. It should happens now what.com. And we may just read it on next week's show. Um, to end this episode, I have a little homework assignment. I touched on this earlier, but I'll just reiterate. Um, listeners, I want you to think of and write down five things about your body that you're grateful for. So many things. Yeah, it could be something your body allows you to do, a body part that you love, anything that makes you feel gratitude. And once you have that list of five things, I want you to take a minute at some point this week to look in the mirror and think about those five things while you look at yourself.
it's a way for us to honor our bodies and the many amazing things that we it does for us. And we also, by looking at ourselves while we're saying it, it feels more like somebody else is saying it to you. And I think that positive um, comments and, and compliments and stuff are always better received when somebody else is saying them for some reason. We're not really good at complimenting ourselves. Maybe that's just me, but I find it to be true that when I say something yes. to myself in the mirror, I somehow take myself more seriously. So... Definitely. Oh, also, can yeah. I add to that really quick? Of course. Um, take lots of selfies. Yes. Um, you know, visibility is really important. Make sure you have a mirror in your house where you can see all of yourself. So some kind of full length mirror and, and do it and, and look at yourself because the more you familiarize yourself with what you really look like, right. And the more you can feel at home in, in your body, the more you can own it, which is, I think, really the, the most important thing Absolutely. that you can do if you have a non-standard body is, is uh, just own it. This is your, your amazing, wonderful, magical body. So, yes. And, and yeah, take lots of selfies. And I'll take that a step further. If you want to share any selfies with the show, you can send them on Twitter to at SHNowWhat. Um, and I would love to repost them. I think that that's awesome. I would Especially love to... if they're really cute outfits of the day. Yes, yes. <laughs> I want to celebrate your body as well. Um, yes. So follow Shit Happens Now What on Facebook and Twitter at SHNowWhat and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Thank you so much, Carrie, for being with me to talk about this. Yeah, I, had a, I had a blast. I would love to have you back to talk some more about other things or this more. Yes. Um, so thanks so much, and we'll see you next week.